University of New England is embarking on a bold new mission to transform the university's decommissioned boiler house into a purpose-built discovery space. Here, on Curiosity Built the Boiler House, we'll follow the transformation of this 1950s industrial building into a regional science-themed play space. Along the way, we'll also chat with leading experts in education, play-space design, and all things STEAM about what makes for an incredible discovery space experience. I'm Dr. James O'Hanlon, and for this episode, I spoke with Martha Johnson, the Manager of Education and Experiences at Early Start Discovery Space at the University of Wollongong. What we found was interesting was we started asking asking people as they came in, have you been to a university campus before? Yes or no? And have you been to UOW? And a third of the people had never set foot on a university campus before. So for us, that was great because we're kind of reducing that, whether it's a stigma or just this unknown of what the university is, that means that, yeah, that, that they can come and feel safe and maybe go, hey, you know what? I might, I might go to university or it's not so out of the reach. And you had children going, can we go to the uni? So, you know, even that, that, that the, the voice or even the, the vocabulary to be like, I know what a university is. The Early Start Discovery Space is a children's museum for kids from birth to 10 years old that provides experiences for play-based learning. When you think of museums, people tend to think, no touch behind glass doors or whatever. Um, we're quite the opposite. So everything you can see, you can touch, you can play, you can pick up um, and take around the different spaces with you. Uh, we do run school excursions as well, um, both primary and early childhood as well. So the first thing as you walk in the door, the biggest thing that you probably see will be our ship. So we have a big uh, seven meter ship, which changes modes. Uh, year to year kind of thing so we started off with a pirate ship it then turned into a navy vessel a cargo vessel and now it's an, uh, a research vessel on its way to antarctica and so there's different things that the children and parents can explore when on on the boat um there's a big whale and some pelic- uh, some pelicans for them to and um, penguins for them to uh, interact with we have a campsite uh, so the children can uh, all learn about quolls and how to uh, conserve the quolls and then as an endangered species we have a marketplace where there are child size trolleys for children to pick what groceries go into their shopping trolley we have a uh a big emergency vehicle, which looks at all of our emergency services. So we've got SES, fire um, and rescue, the ambulance and the police. And so they can experience each of those um, different activities within those areas. We have a construction site where children can put um, bricks on a conveyor belt into their wheelbarrow and then start to build up their house. And we also have a train where the children can feed coal into into the engine uh, to let it keep going to their destination of choice. Um, and that's just some of the experiences that we have um, for our children and parents to engage with. And we have a beautiful outdoor area as well, so they can pack a picnic, um, go uh, through, you know, take their shoes off and walk through the creek, um, and you know, get some bit of water play out there as well. If a child was to think, what do they want to be when they grow up? This is a chance for them to actually hands-on 
experience it in a way and go, oh yeah, okay, I can be a builder or I can be a, um, a shopkeeper or a coal, like a, a, a train driver or become an ambulance or a police officer. So it's, it's looking at those roles within the community that a child might then have the exposure to go, oh, this is something that I'm interested in and they can start to, you know, go down that avenue. They may very much change and go down a different avenue later on as well, but it's, yeah, that exposure of looking at what they, what the possibilities are. Early Start Discovery Space is the first children's museum of its kind in Australia, so I was keen to know how it actually works in practice and what's the experience like for children exploring the open play spaces. You know, we get asked the question, oh, so what, what area is good for my child or what would you recommend for my three-year-old? Um, or do you have a map or, or where do I go first? Like, what's the best direction? Um, and, you know, our response is like all of our experiences are for all ages. I mean, you, the, the parent or the adult, the carer, knows your child best. And so if you think that this area is going to be suitable for them, by all means, go for it. But if you think, mm, I'm not sure they're going to like this area, let's move on. Like it, and But also the child. The child ultimately should have that choice. And so if the child is engaged and playing with something that might not be, the, as I said before, the intention, but if they're getting something out of it, then by all means, let them be there. And so that's I don't like putting an age limit on our experiences because whilst the content might be, for an older audience, a young child still might get something out of it, whether it's, you know, just patterns that they see or the shapes and the colours that they can point out and, and identify, or they can just go on a different adventure. Um, I mean, the positives of, yes, children get to touch and build and play and take anything they want and make it into something else. Um, the negative being, yeah, that you can have things turn up in all likely, unlikely places. Um, you can lose things and just be like, so one day we just had no onions, red onions from our marketplace. And, you know, red onions aren't the most delicious of foods that I would have picked for this, but um, someone had decided to take all the onions and it took us a couple of days before we found them again. So, um, you know, and another time we just, there was so many items missing in the food and we couldn't work out where they'd all been and, and then found someone had filled their trolley up and put it inside the um, the, the cave. So, you know, they were had a little picnic inside the cave and another time they'd moved it to the ship. So they were obviously thinking, I need supplies when I go on my adventure on my ship and so I need to make sure I've got my, my oranges so I don't get scurvy or whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, I think... It's definitely fun seeing also how children use an item that you might not think that's the way it should be. And that's, that's exactly what we're about. Like we don't, we don't have signs up saying this is how you play or we don't sort of tell them this is what you do in this area. There are sort of prompts, if you will, but, um, and like an educator might come over and, and do a, something in that area. But it's by all means, this is a chance for the child to discover themselves. And so... A, a block that's over here for Jenga might become a telephone or something over in like their mobile phone, which they need over at the emergency because they need to call the, the police or whatever it is. So um, I think that's always fun as well to see things that you think you know how the children are going to use this prop um, is, is always uh, fun to see them using it in another way. 
The early Start Discovery space has been designed as a play space for kids and their parents to explore. I asked Martha what the experience is like for the parents that come to Early Start. Well, that's that's the beauty of the Discovery Spaces. I think sometimes the parents have more fun. But because I do tours around the space as well with, with adults, um, and usually that's when there are no children about, and I have a hard time trying to get them to move on to the next experience because they're having too much fun with different blocks or lights and colours. And so it's really interesting to see that the dynamic of when it's just adults um, the inner child definitely comes out. And so when the adult is here with the child, I mean, that's part of our philosophy is that we want adults and children learning together. So they are their first teacher um, and they are the most influential person on this child's life. And so we want to build that within them. And so each of our experiences have um, like we make sure it's comfortable for the adult as well so that there's you know they don't have to duck down and bend to get to different areas we have costumes that are adult size so they can dress up as well um, and we very much encourage yeah the parents or the adults to be part of that learning and experience it as well together it's definitely an individual thing some people are really into it and love it others are more standoffish or um you know, this isn't for me, this is where the children play and I'll just sit and watch or, um, yeah. But I think having our educators who are adults, um, uh, you know, be silly or dress up themselves kind of gives that adult permission to do so. And, you know, a lot of the way we kind of, um, when we're training our staff for our volunteers, we, we kind of say, you know, use the child as a way to get your parent involved. So if you've got an activity that you're running on the ship, let's say Simon says, um, and you can see a parent just sitting towards the end, we can say, hey, I think we need a new captain. Do you mind give the cat or whatever it is to the child and say, can you ask your mum or dad or parent or carer to come and join in? And that then if the par- if the child is asking the parent, they're more likely to come involved rather than if we said, we need a volunteer or, you know. So it's looking at those other ways to get the parents involved. But, of course, we understand that sometimes parents need a break too um, and this might be their chance of respite. And so while it's a condition of entry that they stay with their child and supervise their child, we do understand that, that um, they may need a a sit and a break and and we try and incorporate some of that seating within the experience as well so if they're at the trains we have a carriage so they can sit they're still playing you know they're still on the adventure wherever they're going but the child is controlling and having all the fun and the parent can sit back a little bit or at the cafe the child can be making the the sandwich or the salad or the pizza and the child the parent is sitting at the the table being waited on and then again they get to just sit back and and take those moments um of of i guess respite early start discovery space is just one component of a much larger institution at the university of wollongong called early start that studies early childhood learning and development i asked martha how the discovery space fits into this and what sort of research can be done in the discovery space so early start is the broader broader umbrella if you will and within that is the discovery space we also have um, researchers and so they are doing a whole range of research um, in the area of child development and um, health or you know different areas focusing on children and one of the um, research projects was actually a longitudinal study and so we're in the process of that where we've we're up to 18 months now so we we, we had 
um, tests with a selection of members. They went through, we asked them a series of questions and the children had tasks to do. They've then checked in at the halfway, like, you know, six-month kind of point. We weren't supposed to do a year, but COVID happened, so it's now kind of being more a bit delayed and it's now 18 months and we're just in the process of finalising that. And so from that, we should be able to have some hard evidence to see that that um, we have had an impact and, you know, that there has been growth. Um we did do some um, research prior where it was just, um, you know, from a point of view of the adult, from the parent and, and getting their feedback. And many of, of the parents saw changes in their child um, and, you know, whether it was the social aspects. So they were actually beginning to make friendships or that, you know, turn taking um, those different skills of going, yeah, okay, they have learnt that from being here at the marketplace where there's only six trolleys and they have to share with other children, you know, or being that confidence to go inside the tummy, which is a darker space or the cave. And, and each time they've come, they're a bit weary or wary of like going in. And then of course, over time, they, they then go, oh, I, I think I can do this now. And they go a little bit further in and they get to, to develop in that respect. So I think there's definitely, you can see it, um, you know, observationally, you can see the changes of people who come regularly, um, but also through the the observer of the adult and the parent who then gives you that feedback and, and can see the, the changes in their child. Before her career as an early childhood educator at Early Start, Martha worked as a school teacher and trained in science communication. I asked her what led to her decision to move away from school teaching and pursue the kind of work that she does now. There was a number of reasons, but I think the main reason of why I chose to leave teaching was uh, I enjoyed children's company too much that I... I well, no, it's not that I did enjoy it too much. It was more that I... I wanted children to be able to be children and I think the rules or the regulations of schools and the politics and all those things didn't allow you to be an actual I suppose you have so many competing things trying to be injected on you projected onto you that you couldn't necessarily give children the best um, opportunity to learn um, and you were trying to do all these other things and so for me I was like this this isn't I don't want to I'm not being the best teacher I can be and I don't want to be in this job just because I'm a teacher and I don't want the students to be disadvantaged because I'm not fully in it so I wanted to yeah get a get out of it to just see what else might be out there and when the opportunity to join the uh, Shell Questcon Science Circus was there I thought yep this is a chance run away with the circus Um, and then I saw this other avenue so even though I'm like not a teacher in the classroom sense, I've managed to be teachers in all my other roles since then and and still be an educator. And I think that's, um, so I, while I'm not a classroom teacher, I still consider myself to be an educator in terms of all the other areas that I've, I've done and, 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 and I've got that fulfillment and um, yeah, and still having that connection with children was very important and that's why you know, other jobs that I'd tried, I was, uh, you know, a community educator, but I was sitting behind a desk on social media and that wasn't me. I was like, no, nah, I need to be there with the children and I need to be able to have that connection. And 
this job here now as as um, the manager of the experiences and the education is is kind of like the dream because I get to still have the interaction with the children. I get to think about these crazy ideas and how we can build these together and um, and then to see the reactions of the children being able to, um, I guess, explore and and learn. So they are learning. Now I'm still teaching just in a in an informal and more fun setting, I guess. And, you know, that's a difference as well is that they're enjoying it and that's what I think children should be able to enjoy their life and, and not be bound by so many rules or, you know, you have to do it this way or that way and and they get to choose which experience that we don't we don't even have a directional path like you must go this way first and come around the circle it's very open and they can go oh i'm going over here now i'm going to go over to this experience oh and now i'm going to go back to that same experience so there's that freedom um i mean providing the care that they are with are happy to run around but I think, yeah, the difference is that they want to be there and they, they are engaged and they're, they're enjoying it. Um, I guess the, the herding of the cats comes when it's time to leave and you're trying to let them <laughs> get out the door and not everyone wants to leave. So that, that, that becomes herding like cats. But when it's activity time or if you're just having that, you get to see them have that interaction um, and you might... Be, be lucky enough to be part of that interaction and have the conversation with the child and the parent and um, you can further it or just play along with it and, um, yeah, just being kids again. As manager of education and experiences at Early Start Discovery Space, I wanted to ask Martha how they ensure the experiences at Early Start continue to engage children as they grow and return to Early Start throughout their development. That's an interesting one because we have... Um, Children love repetition. They like a certainty of, of where things are located and they can run to that particular area because they know that space and they love that space. And then there's parents who have the view of, oh, this is boring, we've done this, you know. And so it's trying to have that balance of having the repetition for the child and to keep that environment safe for them, but to also appease the parent who wants to have a bit of variety. So our experiences, we do change. Um, like I was mentioning the ship before, how it has a couple of modes that we can change towards. And we do add new experiences. So the campsite wasn't a campsite before and we added that, the emergency, we added that to the experience. And then we have activities. So we have educators who lead different activities on the floor. So that also helps um, give that difference or a different experience. So depending on who they come with, what other children are in the space, they might form a different um, experience just purely because they're interacting with different children and their imagination is taking them on a new path. Um, but also the activities that we deliver. So whether it's a different story that they get to hear, um, we might be going on an adventure around the discovery space looking for treasure, or it could be uh, an obstacle course that they've got to run through. So those, um, or an art, art is like we change that fortnightly or sometimes weekly, depending on the theme of the weeks and, and whatnot. Um, so there will, there's usually something new that they can gravitate towards. Obviously, we can't change the whole entire space in days. Um, you know, a development of an experience probably takes between, you know, anywhere from six to two years, six, six months to two years um, to, to create an experience um, because the way we create the experience is, again, using our researchers' 
um, and to make it authentic. So tying in with those, uh, like for emergency, emergency, going out to those services and being true to the service, we're liaising with them, trying to find out how best we make this space. We've got a crawler's beach, which is an area for our birth to two-year-olds. So it's just the little ones. So there's a safe haven where the older children aren't going to come and impede on them. Um, and that took a lot of development in terms of working out what it is that a child needs at that development stage. So, you know, pulling themselves up, being able to mimic speech patterns in mirrors, um, having time for tummy time, um, all those different things. Um, sensory items and things like that so it's not just whacking something together because it'll be fun it's having that real thought behind it to be like okay so what are we what are we trying to achieve here what research uh, is it research backed how can we you know import the 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 research within this experience Um, and then also the audience you've got to think about you know trying to make it attractive for a range of children so it might not be perfect for a two-year-old but is there an element that a two-year-old can get from that and then is there an element that a 10-year-old can get and what is there for the parent to also engage with their child whether it's something that they can then reminisce back from their own childhood or if it's a special knowledge area that they then feel confident to then impart on their child new knowledge um yeah so i guess the experiences do change but um the frequency of which we can do that is sometimes limited by capacity to do so. Having only opened its doors in 2015, Early Start Discovery Space continues to develop and improve its practices. I used this opportunity to ask Martha what's in store for the future of Early Start and whether they had any new experiences in development. The next experience that um, we're looking at is our outdoor space. So our outdoors, we have one quite big outdoor space which is highly popular. And we have another circular garden which just has our dig sites in it. And it's we're wanting to increase the size of our garden there, encroach a little bit more on the university property, um, and create a real nature um, space where there is element of risk for our older children and our younger children, um, but within safe reasons um, because risk is very important so that children can learn to, to get past that and their resilience. Um, so yeah and and nature and and getting that connection back to country and how important that is there so that's the next um experience that um that we're working on and that i hope that will come through um and i think that then has you know once we start to do that it would be great to to start to build not necessarily within the discovery space but outside and getting those connections of bringing children back into the outdoors so whether we're leading different programs outside of um, the discovery space in in, in nature, um, and so they get to have that that uh, that environmental aspect of learning, I suppose. So that's an area that we haven't really touched on, I suppose, in terms of here because we're limited by space. But as I said before, Mount Kira is right at our doorstep, so being able to lead some programs through that would be great to get them outside again. Uh, just be oh, and the other one that we're looking at is is um is having a, a sanctuary where it's a a space for um for children who might feel overwhelmed uh like a safe haven a, a retreat a calming space um 
so that they can, yeah, like a, it's kind of like a sensory room, but because it's not touching on all the senses, we can't call it a sensory room. Um, but yeah, so that's a, another area that we're looking to, to create as well, where it can be that relaxing kind of let's chill out in this area before we go crazy over at the marketplace or the construction site. <laughs> when it's completed, the Boiler House Discovery Space will provide a play-based learning space for children and their families, uniquely designed to fulfill the needs of our local communities. I took the opportunity to ask Martha for her advice on what the Boiler House needs to consider when developing a valuable learning space for families in our region. Flexible spaces, so looking at how your walls are created um, can influence how you can set up an experience. So if you've got lots of curves, it's hard to make that into a box. <laughs> so thinking about, I think, having flexibility within your spaces um, that you might be able to even have movable walls or um, so that you can make a big space if you need for a big ship say and then if you get the ship gone you could then put an extra wall in and now you've got created yourself two spaces um, so space is important and also having having space so whilst it might go oh there's so much room here um, we can put this here and that there but you've also got to think about the movement of people so having wide walkways I think is something that is very valuable especially if you've got a pram or a wheelchair, multiple coming in at different directions, having to wheel that around, um, but having the space for that. And on that, I suppose we've never had pram parking really, um, and that would be a good a good tip to have a space dedicated for prams because you can get a lot of them, um, and they'll just sort of park them wherever they feel appropriate, but then that blocks your lovely um, walkways. Hence why you need big big walkways. Um, but yeah, I think having that flexibility within your spaces so that you can change things without going, oh, if only that wasn't there, I could have put this here. Um, having experiences that you can change as well. So, I mean, our ship, I mentioned the four different modes that it's in, it's in. And that's because it was designed that way so that we could have, you know, a different cladding coloured, a different colour, like painted a different colour. So we could take that on or put that on. We have a plank when it's a pirate ship. We can remove that and close it up so that it's another ship rather than it, you know. So having those features within an experience that can be flexible, that means that you can change them without having to build a whole new ship, if that makes sense. And I guess, um, I guess is having that partnership with, people like yourself, um, so that we can share in experiences because like over in the States, there's a lot of traveling exhibits and they go around and, and that kind of helps with costs. Like, of course, money doesn't grow on trees and, and you know, it's hard to be a sustainable model. Um, so having the ability to share resources or share um exhibits we call them experiences um within each other and having multiple discovery spaces around the space or multiple um children's museums that we can form our own network and you know uh share in that in that ability because i think that's that that would be great to be able to call upon you know even as you were saying like what are your tips we didn't really have someone to call upon to be like hey what 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 works or you know we, we touch base with different museums and things but it wasn't quite quite the same as a children's museum so yeah developing a network of children's museums within australia 
um, to be able to share resources and experiences, I think would be really cool as well for the future. To find out more about the Early Start Discovery Space, visit their website, earlystartdiscoveryspace.edu.au. This podcast is recorded on Anaiwan country and has been brought to you by the University of New England. To find out more about the Boilerhouse Discovery Space, visit uneboilerhouse.org.au. Thanks for listening. We'll see you here next time on Curiosity Built the Boilerhouse. Thank you.